0: Pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 98. Today I'm going to chat with Avery Skip from Skip's Tactical Solutions, talk about an 1896 water pistol used for self defense, the Betsy Ross flag, and discuss Olight EDC lights. I am your host, Ava Flannell, and how are you doing today, Avery? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I just got back from the gym, so I'm a little sweaty. Thought maybe I'd have time to fit in a shower, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm happy that I'm healthy and able to work out, and it feels good after you work out, you know? It's like one it of those does. things where you never want to go to the gym, but once you get there and you do the work, you never regret it afterwards.
2: Yeah, I always feel absolutely amazing after a workout.
1: (laughs) I know. And then if you start working out enough, you eventually kind of get like you actually get more energy from it, which I always heard people talk about that. And I was like, okay, well, that's BS because I want to go to bed afterwards. But I am actually at that point now where it definitely like energizes me and it kind of gives you like a, I don't know, like a endorphin release. So it kind of makes you feel all good inside. Guys, if you're out there and you haven't hit the gym, definitely do so. You won't regret it. Before we get into it, let's talk about Manicore Arms. One of the products that I love about ManiCore Arms is their transformer rail. So with everything changing, you know, like let's say you have an Mlock handguard, but your accessories for like a Picatinny. So what's great about the transformer rail is it has these little rails, basically these little panels that you can put on the rail and you can make it M-lock, key mod, Picatinny, or you could even just put a custom design. Like if you wanted to engrave that little panel or something and have, you know, like a cool little design or your logo. So love that. Basically it's future proof. So it's not like, Hey, you know, Key mods in today, and now it's suddenly all about M-Lock. Um, so you can just kind of change as the industry changes. If you guys want to find that product, go to manacorarms.com and use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that will get you 15% off.
0: Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry.
1: I just want to start off by saying that I'm super excited to have you on the show. It's been a huge pleasure to see like how far you've grown. I know that when we first talked, like you, I mean, you had a following and stuff, but it's just insane how much how much you've accomplished in such little time. So I appreciate you joining me today. It means a lot.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, I appreciate it.
1: Of course. So you originally started your career in the military, correct? Yes, ma'am. And how long ago was that?
2: I have been in the military now for 16 years.
1: Wow. That's crazy. You don't even look like you're old enough (laughs) to do 16 (laughs) years. I guess that's good. Yeah. No, it's definitely good. (laughs) And what is it that you do in the military, if you don't mind me asking?
2: I am a firearms instructor for the Air Force.
1: That's crazy. So how did you get into that?
2: I came in the military and I was a police officer and around my five-year mark, I was looking for a career change and I wanted to be out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I applied to be a combat arms instructor and that's what they're called in the Air Force. And I did that. And from there, that's all she wrote. I've been just learning all that I can as far as firearms. And that's where I got started.
1: So what were the requirements in order to apply for that job?
2: In order to apply for that job, you had to have background in security forces. So you had to be a police officer background. And that was it. It was, of course, like a certain amount of years in service. You had to have good evals. But other than that, um, that was the basics.
1: And as military police, you mostly had experience with handguns or long guns as well?
2: I had experience with long guns, mainly in machine guns, but I had like the basic, basic knowledge.
1: <laughs> That's actually surprising because typically like with army, if you're military police, that their duty weapon is their, is their handgun.
2: Yeah. So the job that I was doing, I was doing nuclear security. So mm-hmm. it was more long guns. And then the people who do like law enforcement, they have more, um, pistols.
1: Okay. Thanks. So machine guns and long guns, and then a little bit of experience (laughs) with handguns. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty badass. So once you started firearm training, what were you training people with? Was it still mostly long guns or were handguns included?
2: No, it was a little bit of both. And initially when I went through the school to become an instructor, we learn how to teach on all platforms. So pistols, rifles, machine guns. And then once I actually got to my duty station and became an instructor, I did pistols and rifles, but I really preferred to do rifle because I was more comfortable with rifle. Mm
1: -hmm. Isn't that, it's crazy how whatever you initially start with, that that's what you're more comfortable with, which obviously makes sense. But like for me, like handguns all day, rifles, like, uh, you know, I remember when I first started getting into it and it was like, all right, that's cool. I shot the rifle. Let's go back to handguns, you know? And then, but now it's like, I've reached a point where I'm like, okay, well, what can I do now that I haven't done? But yeah, it is, it is kind of funny how typically the first type of gun that you shoot, that's, you know, what you feel most comfortable with. So what like what did the training involve in order to become an instructor?
2: It was about 70 days of training and we had to learn how to we had to learn all of the parts of the firearms, the nomenclature, but then it also taught us how to instruct. And I think a lot of people don't realize how important it is to learn how to instruct Mm -hmm. and have those good speaking skills. Mm -hmm. But it was learning how to instruct, learning how to do maintenance on the firearms, learning how to inspect the firearms. And once we did that, but it was also learning how to actually shoot. So you had to be a good shot as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And kind of going back to teaching them, or teaching you guys how to teach, I think is extremely important because that is something where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm really good at shooting. I should be a teacher. But it takes a certain, almost like a certain type of personality to teach well. And I know that like thinking back, like when I teach classes, even if it's basic, I have to act like I'm right there with the student and everything that I'm saying, I'm learning for the first time. Like I have to remember that, Hey, they don't know what I know. So when I explain it, it has to be said as if I'm learning with them so that it all makes sense. And, and kind of keep a tally of like what was said versus, you know, like, like just say something where it's like, well, you didn't tell me what the definition of that was. So um, I think it is really important. So then, okay. So You're still in the military. And then what made you branch out to start your own company?
2: Well, from the time that I became an instructor, um, I'm just a different type of instructor. I have a different personality. And I've always had people reach out to me and ask me if I would, do I train on the side, you know, or just recommending that I should probably start training people on the side. But I always said I didn't have time. But with the Parkland shooting happening, Here And it happened here in Florida, and there's been a ton of, sadly, a ton of school shootings, but God just placed it on my heart that I needed to share my skills with the local community, Mm -hmm. well, just with the community in general, and um, that I was being selfish by saying that I didn't have time. So I figured that I would just try to get out there and see if anyone would even want to take a class from me, you know, because people say it all the time, but how often do they really follow through with actually taking a class? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, I'm really passionate about teaching kids as well. So I felt like if I could just reach one person by getting out into the community, then my mission would be accomplished. So I I just figured to just go ahead and do it. in my type of personality, if I do anything, I'm going to go all out and do it big. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to start. And I think I may put up some social media or I think I may have a website. I want it to start and be official. I want it to be an LLC and I want to do everything the right way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that you train kids because I think that there aren't there's not enough out there for children to get experience with handguns, and you know, and I think that a, the gun community is kind of failing to reach out to kids. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying like you know, like five year olds, but. They have an Eagle program for, but I think that we're failing to realize that like, this is our future. So if they grow up and they don't touch a gun and they become anti-gun, which a lot of people, they've never even touched a gun and are anti-gun. And that's just because they don't understand what all is involved with firearms, um, which is really unfortunate. So when you started your business and you decided to train male and female, correct? Yes. Okay. So have you... When you do have men in your class, same thing if like even in the military, which the military is predominantly men, have you had a hard time kind of teaching males? Like, do they tend to not take you as seriously as they would maybe a male instructor? I think
2: I get it more in the military than I do on the civilian side of it, Mm -hmm. because the people who do pay to take a class with me, nine times out of 10, they've done their homework. They've, you know, research about me. But in the military, you know, they didn't pay to take the class. And normally they don't even want to be in the class anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do have that every so often. But as an instructor, you know, you have like that positional power and you're in charge and they have to listen to you. And especially when you're teaching them skills, you know, especially at a time of war, you're teaching them skills that can save their life and they may have to apply those skills. Exactly. So, you know, every now and then I have to be that person and, you know, redirect them. But for majority um, civilian sector, not so much because the people who pay to take a class with me, they um, they're really interested in it. But I do have males who are like, oh, no, I want a male to teach me or my wife should take your class. And it's like, actually, you guys can take the class together.
1: Right. I actually I get that a lot, too, where I'm going to sign my wife up for your class. OK. I mean, I'll just assume that they already have training. But I do think about that too. I'm like, Hey, you guys, you know, can both take my class.
2: It's funny. One time I had a couple and I think he was, I'm not sure if they were both taking the class, but it was so funny. Like her target, you know, she went through an actual class with me. Her target was good. And then his target looked like he was shooting a shotgun. And I was like, he probably
1: (laughs) should have taught class too. (laughs) That's actually happened to me as well. Yeah. Uh, But women actually are, I mean, I hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it, but it it might sound a little sexist, but women typically are better shooters than men. Like I've seen that, you know, just in my six years of training that consistently women just shoot better than, than men do.
2: Yeah.
1: What would you say is the hardest part about being in the gun industry?
2: The hardest part about being in the gun industry I would say it's just really um, being diversified, having your voice be heard, and I don't think enough people really respect each other's lanes. I feel like everybody has their own lane, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's not going to be good at everything, but yeah. I, I just feel like so many people are so critical of what the next person's doing when they really shouldn't be.
1: Yeah. Do you think that's because there's a lot of egos in the gun industry? Or do you think no. that that just kind of comes Absolutely. with Absolutely. Every- yeah, right. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. People have a hard time staying in their own lane. As far as diversity, I mean, there still is like if you go to SHOT Show, I mean, it's still like predominantly like white male. Yeah. And so it's it's nice that like, you know, like you, like, I feel like you're definitely doing a great job to kind of reach out to the demographics that a lot of us aren't. But what would you say, I mean, like similar with like women, there still aren't as many women in the industry as I'd like to see. So what would you recommend? Like, what are ways that we could get, you know, a little bit more diversity into the gun industry?
2: I think it's really important for us to like reach people where they are and like, just be very welcoming. Mm -hmm. And even now there's times where I don't feel like I'm very welcome, Mm -hmm. but I really don't care. You know that's just my personality like I'm trying to break down these barriers. So I'll be the only this or the only that in the room just mm-hmm. because you know there always has to be a first. Yeah. But you know as far as women um a lot of women don't like these environments. Like the environments where you know people are talking down to them or you know someone's just making them feel uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. just Being very welcoming to everyone, like regardless of the gender, the sex, like just be welcoming. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because I know when I first started, even just going to the range was really intimidating, especially like if I was by myself or if I, let's say I brought like a guy friend with me, the safety officer would always talk to the guy that I was with. Or if I went to a gun store, they would always talk towards the guy and not me, even though we'd laugh because it was me that had more experience and knowledge. And so and even like if I'd go to the range like I just felt like all eyes were on me because they're like, "Oh, look, here's this little girl like trying to shoot. Like, haha, that's cute." And then, you know, obviously, I mean, I was like a really good shot, so I would kind of get off on the fact that like, yeah, my targets better than all of you motherfuckers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it is like so it just kind of situations like that though kind of just made me not want to go to the range. And so luckily, like I found a lot of private ranges where I'd have the range to myself, but it was definitely an intimidating process. And now I've reached a point in my career where I really don't give a shit, but initially starting, it is definitely intimidating. And, you know, if somebody is talking down towards you or at the other person, it makes you kind of just subconsciously think that like you don't belong in that industry.
2: Yes. And I'm, and that's something else that, um, I try to cover on my own platforms is I have a lot of women who reach out to me and they're just like, they're so uncomfortable at the ranges and they just leave. And Mm -hmm. so that's people who are missing out on training, you know, and even from a business aspect, these businesses are losing out on customers because they're making them feel uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. that is very alarming. But even when I go to the range as an instructor, as a experienced instructor, I will have where guys will like stare at me. Yeah, And I mean, I just don't entertain it. And I, I half the time, I really want to ask them, what are they looking at? But, you know, when I have another female with me student, you know, I really explain to them to not worry about anyone else. Like me and you are in a world of our own because that really affects new shooters and it makes them not want to do what they came there to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree kind of getting a little off track, which I meant to ask this earlier, but do you think that the military has enough firearms training?
2: Um, There's a lot of things that are available. I just feel like right now, especially for the air force, you know, we're kind of undermanned to where we don't have enough people to say, okay, you're going to be able to do this and like actually have time to really sit back and enjoy. It's like everything's under a time constraint. Mm Mm-hmm. So there could be more, but for someone, say myself, who is an instructor, like we do have, and it all depends on where you work. We do have a lot of additional resources that are available to us to be able to go out and train with different manufacturers. Gotcha.
1: Because I know like I'm in Colorado Springs and there's four main bases here. It's a pretty big military town. And here in Colorado, in order to apply for your concealed carry permit, military is not required to take a class. And so, but I still have like a few people that realize, like, hey, you know what? I'm trained on long guns. I don't know anything about handguns. And so they, you know, will still take my class, which I really respect them for. And I obviously give military discounts. But I guess it just kind of, you kind of realize kind of pretty quickly, like the lack of experience, which is kind of unfortunate. And I think that it obviously depends in what military, you know, like if you're Air Force, Army, Navy, you know, stuff like that, but I don't know. I kind of wish that they were a little bit more trained because it's, it's scary to think that some of these people that don't really know how to use a firearm as proficiently are going into these other countries and that's what they're using for protection to save their lives.
2: So it all depends on what your job is. But before people actually go out the door to a deployed location, or typically before you go overseas at all, you're going to get that um, firearms training that you need. Okay. But if you are stateside and say, if my job is services, so say if I'm working at a gym and I'm just here stateside, that's not in my normal duty to learn how to operate a handgun. It would mm-hmm. be like knowing how to do certain other things, right? Mm-hmm. So it all depends on their job. But the standard people who are enrolled to protect, they get that training like on like a frequent basis. But there's a lot of other people who don't get it. Mm -hmm. But you just said something that I don't really agree with. And I don't and I don't really speak on it much because I don't want to seem like a hater. Uh (laughs) But, you know, they have where military does not have to take a course to be able to get their concealed carry license. And I absolutely, although I'm a service member, I do not agree with that.
1: That they just, do or they don't have to take a class.
2: That they don't have to take a class. Because you said in Colorado, they don't have to take a class, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So civilians do. Military does not. They could just use their orders and the county sees it as that's their firearm training. Yeah. I
2: Because someone can show a piece of paper documenting that they shot a gun and they last shot a gun like six years ago you Mm -hmm. know that doesn't make them proficient but i I feel like the concealed carry classes they're teaching you the law like Mm -hmm. because i know when i teach concealed carry i don't go over a lot of this is how you do this with a gun it's more of going over the law Mm -hmm. and I mean, you don't learn the law in the military, you know, you're you're learning your job, but you're not learning like concealed carry laws. So I feel like that is a huge flaw. But I guess if I spoke up on it, I would be a hater. Well, (laughs) no, I mean,
1: so I totally agree with you because everybody wants like national, you know, constitutional carry and they don't think that you should take a class for it and that everybody should have the right to conceal carry open carry and i agree with that like i don't you know i i don't like restrictions on people being able to protect themselves i also don't think that they should have to pay a ton of money to be able to conceal carry but i totally agree with what you're saying because like you said before, like depending on what branch of military or what their job is, a lot of them have never even touched a gun, yet they can go and, you know, just apply for their concealed carry permit. And usually that's when accidents happen, and that's when it's all over the news. It makes gun owners look bad. It makes us look like we have no idea how to how to properly use a firearm. And, and then even in my concealed carry classes, like my basic pistol, I obviously go really, you know, In deep with all of the basics, but as far as concealed carry, that class is mostly law because it varies among states. So maybe the law was one way, you know. I know that in some states, you can't even step foot into a place that serves alcohol. In other states, it depends if it's like 51% or more of their sales are in alcohol. And then here in Colorado, the law says that you can't carry while intoxicated but what's the definition of intoxicated? Is it, you know, like DUI limits? So there's a lot of gray areas. And I think that with, you know, with everyone suing everybody nowadays, it's extremely imperative that people educate themselves, if nothing else, on the law so that they're preventing themselves from a lawsuit. Yeah, I
2: completely agree with that.
1: But it is, it's a touchy subject and it's, you know, cause it's like, I kind of go back and forth where, I think any restriction, you know, it's like, I don't want to sound like a FUD where it's like, well, you know, AR should be outlawed, but not my (laughs) shotgun or, you know, cause it's like, if you kind of teeter totter, then it's like, well, are you for the 2A or are you not? You know? So it's like, I, I go back and forth, but I definitely think that education is key. Training is super important. I mean, you could have, you know, I think that you should spend more on training than on your actual firearm. Like, buy something that's reliable, but don't, you know, a lot of people are like buying all these expensive upgrades and, you know, expensive guns and they have no idea how to properly use it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I see that a lot too. I know. I just saw this funny meme where it was like, it said something like where, you know, people people say that, you know, you shouldn't have a Gucci Glock and you should train more, but They're just, you know, but in actuality, they're just poor or something like that. It was like some stupid (laughs) meme. And I was like, well, jokes on them because my Gucci Glock made me poor.
2: (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But yeah, Um, I think it's important because I don't think a lot of people look at it in the aspect of gun laws are taken so serious, right? mm -hmm. So if you don't have to take a class to get your license right, you're not going to know it. Like, I don't know many people who are going to go read through the statute.
0: And go
1: Okay, this is these statutes aren't even available. Like you have to really dig online to find a lot of these statutes. Because when I was creating my concealed carry class and writing down the laws, it I actually had to ask like my friend who was a police officer. I'm like, where can I get this information? Because it's not that easily accessible.
2: Yeah, in Florida, they have um their state website and they have like a concealed weapons tab and under there, like they have the statues and everything. But, you know, all states are different. But I think it's very imperative that people still get educated, like constitutional carry or not, like if you go into an establishment that you're not allowed to have your firearm, you're going to get charged and it's probably going to be a felony. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of where they're like, They're making it easily accessible, right? But then you're still going to get hit with a charge, kind of like marijuana, like medical marijuana. Now these people can have their medical marijuana, but oh, by the way, you're not really going to be able to legally purchase a firearm, but Mm -hmm. you can have your medical marijuana.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that that's also, that's typically not disclosed when they apply for that red card. Yep. Nope. Yep. All right. So I noticed that you started selling stuff. Do you have a store on your website or how, is that, how does that work out?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I have a store portion of my website and I felt like I wanted to be a one-stop shop, right? Mm-hmm. I saw that, um, it, well, you know, going into the gun store sometimes it's like a very unpleasant yeah. uh, situation. So you go in and you don't really trust these people. And you're very lucky if you are able to find a store that you do trust the people that are in it. But a lot of the times you don't have relationships and you're just buying these products that they recommend because you don't know any better.
1: Yeah. And most of the time they're just trying to get rid of it because it's been sitting on the shelf for like four years and they (laughs) see a woman walk in and they're like, oh, here's a sucker. We can push it on to.
2: Yes. So the reason why I started um, selling products is because and I kind of. I felt like at times I kind of put the cart before the horse, but when I had students come, I wanted to be ready. And when I say ready, like I wanted to have products, I want to be able to provide training, a website, everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I became a dealer for products that I already use because I wanted to be able to refer people to use these products, but oh, you can buy them for me versus having to go buy them through someone else. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of small, but my end goal is to have my own gun store and my own range. So I felt like that was kind of me putting my big toe in the water and seeing how
1: that whole dealer relationship worked. Dang, that's really impressive. So if you, I mean, it's like go big or go home, right? But, um, (laughs) (laughs) which you're exactly like I am. If I am going to do anything, I can't just do it like, you know, just half, (laughs) halfway. So... If you did open up your own gun store range, would you still work in the military?
2: No. So I have four years until I retire. Oh, okay. So my goal is by the time I am able to retire to be able to go full time into my own thing.
1: Nice. That's a really good plan. Yeah. So I
2: heard, you know, it takes five years for a business to, if you hit year five, then you'll probably be successful. So I figure by the time I hit year five, I'll be right at retirement mm-hmm. and hopefully I can smooth sail into that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So I always heard it was like two years, if you've made it past two years. And I remember <laughs> when I had my business and I was like, yes, it's two years. And actually, I guess it's also almost two years for the podcast. But yeah, now you said five and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> look, my bad. It's two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I've had, I've had my business for six years, but it's just, I think, you know, I think like you are you definitely have a good head on your shoulders and you're business savvy. And I think that that's, you know, just common sense and being business savvy is really just the biggest thing, which I think a lot of people lack.
2: Yeah. I feel like, you know, kind of in the world that we live in, I'm definitely a, I want it here and now type person, but with business, I've learned that it's not like, you just have to stay consistent. And it's funny because anytime where I felt like, ah, oh, I don't know, like, this didn't go the way I expected it to go. You know, I'll slightly get into like a mood Mm -hmm. and then it always flips. Like something even better happens. I'm like, oh yeah, that's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So then I kind of want to know, like, do you ever find yourself kind of discouraged?
2: Yes. Um, there's times where I find myself discouraged when, and I think we talked about this when I interviewed, interviewed you for my podcast Mm -hmm. but if I have a class and no one signs up for the class you know it's like man no one signed up for the class like why didn't anyone sign up for the class and just whenever you launch something new like when I started my podcast you know I heard people talking about their downloads you know they're like oh I get this amount of downloads per episode or per month you know just listen to other podcasters and then I started mine and I'm like oh
1: you're like I got like five downloads no
2: (laughs) Like, okay, so that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. But, you know, just staying consistent and knowing that Rome wasn't built in a day. Exactly. And to just keep trucking and every single day is a new day. And every single day I come across someone new, someone new comes across me and I just have to be, I have to just keep my end goal there. And it's nice that I have a full-time job because I don't have to sell my soul. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be like, if I don't have a class, I'm not like, Oh my God, how am I going to pay my light bill? It's yeah. like, Oh, okay. I didn't have a class. I guess I'll go to the grocery store now. You mm-hmm. know?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Being self-employed definitely has its pros and cons and you're not always guaranteed a paycheck. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed that it's kind of slowed down a little bit in the summer?
2: Yeah. So last summer I had already started my business and I had saw that it had slowed down and At the end of summer, someone was like, oh, yeah, summer is like the very slow season. And I kind of think about, I kind of relay this stuff to my real life. Like, you know, in the summer, more people are thinking about traveling. Like, they're not really thinking about personal protection. They're not thinking about making purchases on firearms or anything like that. That tends to pick back up once school gets back in. Once people get back to their regular schedule, they're like, oh, man, I need this. Mm -hmm. But I think in all actuality, it should kind of be the like the opposite because you're traveling, you know, you're doing more things. So you need to be able to protect yourself.
1: Yeah. Or you're just outside actually shooting your guns. Cause I know like that's in the summers when I shoot the most. And that's also when I typically buy the most. So I guess I'm like very much opposite, but The reason why I asked is because I wish somebody told me this initially because it was like the first couple of years. It's like, oh, that's it. I'm closing my doors. I'm going out of business because (laughs) it's like nobody signs up in the summer. And it's like across the board, the industry, the gun industry in all realms is just consistently slow. But I wish somebody told me that. So now it's like I expect it, which kind of works out because, hey, I like to enjoy my summer as well. But for example, I have a class tomorrow and not a single person has signed up. Um, whereas for a while I was going on, you know, teaching, like all my classes were filling up, um, selling out and, you know, and now it's like cricket, cricket, you know, but it just kind of comes with the territory. And I guess with any industry, you kind of realize when it's going to be peak season and, you know, when it's not. So it definitely helps to know that though, so that you don't have to get super discouraged and, and think that, you know, your business is just basically it's 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 last month or whatever
2: yeah and what what's good about me knowing that was i want to say it was march april you know, April, May time frame. Mm-hmm. i had so many classes and there was like a month where I worked every weekend. Like I had a class and I mean, I work full time. So I work Monday through Friday. So then on Saturday or a Sunday, you know, I'm having yeah. a class and it's like, oh my God. But I was willing to do that because I know That's that gonna the summer down. was going to be slow and it was going to slow down. So yeah, exactly. I'm like, I want to get all the customers while I can. And yeah. then I'll be able to have my break time when they're breaking.
1: Absolutely. That's really smart. All right. What are your future plans?
2: So my future plans are to retire from the Air Force in twenty twenty three. So wish me luck. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> which is and such, then
1: once- which is awesome. Like not to cut you off, but it's so cool because I was talking to my friend, I'm like, nowadays, like very few people have a freaking retirement plan. <laughs> so yeah. I you know, it is nice that after twenty years you can retire. It's like definitely a good feeling and they have a really good program for it.
2: Yes. I never would have thought that these 16 years would have flown by the way that they have. And I think these last four are going to fly by, especially with me having a job on the side. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, even that my business has already been established for a year. But um, other than retiring, I want to just continue to develop Skip tactical solutions. Um, I would love to travel. I want to do more speaking engagements because for me, I feel like if I do more speaking engagements, then I can reach more people and warm them up to the firearms community. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people have their isms around guns. So they can have their isms around guns because no, everyone doesn't need a gun. But at the same time, if I talk to them and then kind of like, I call it nurturing them into that process, you know, then I can still get them versus if I come at them and I'm just like, you need to buy a gun, you know, Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. not going to listen.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, But then I want to open my own store and my own range. Very nice. Those are all great goals. Do you have time to hang out for the rest of the show? Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. So Avery, I'm just going to take a quick break. I'm here with Avery from Skip's Tactical Solution, and I'm going to talk about Sportsman's Guide real quick. Right now, Sportsman's Guide is having a huge sale on ammo. I was kind of just checking out their prices. So, as you guys know, I've been getting into long distance shooting, and six point five Creedmoor ammo is not cheap. I can't help but think, like every time I pull the trigger, it's like, cool, dollar fifty, dollar fifty. Uh, but I noticed that they have boxes of ammo, uh 20 rounds per box, but they have it as low as $11.39. And if you're a member, you get an even better price. So I highly recommend head on over to Sportsman's Guide, check out what products they have at sportsmansguide.com and tell them I said hi. All right. So before we get into the Knowledge Bomb, which is brought to you by Q, let's talk about their products real quick. One of my favorite suppressors that Q makes is the Erector. So the Erector is really cool. As the name suggests, it's basically the definition of modular. It only weighs 2.6 ounces. So it's like extremely light. It's not going to make your gun top heavy when you put it on. And depending on how much you want it silenced, you can add or subtract. It's just, it's a really easy way to go to the range if you have to put on a little bit a few more of the baffles or take them off it comes with a little tool um so it's really easy to do at the range and the cost for that is four hundred and forty nine dollars and you can find that at liveq or die.com
0: dropping wisdom in truth for knowledge bomb
1: I was searching around the internet and I found something kind of interesting so in 1896 I believe it was the first water gun that was invented it was a it's called the cast iron USA liquid pistol and this is kind of funny but it was actually used for self-defense. So it said, although normally a squirt gun, these were actually self-defense weapons. Will stop the most, it was basically advertised as, will stop the most vicious dog or man without permanent injury. The trick to make these effective weapons was to load them with ammonia, which I'm going to guess would indeed actually stop the dogs or the, you know, the attacker. (laughs) But isn't that kind of funny? And you, they still have some of these around, like they're obviously collector items, but I was looking, and some of these things are going for, I don't know, almost like over a $1,000. Yeah, so that was the first water pistol, and it was used for self-defense, which I couldn't even imagine using a water pistol for self-defense. I think I would put actually like, um well, ammonia. I guess ammonia would probably work, but like chloroform or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, uh, now getting into the AF segment.
0: Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as Never mind. A.F.
1: So right now, it's a trending topic of conversation, mostly in the gun industry, is, well, I'm sure with any industry, but I know the gun industry right now is making a bunch of products with the Betsy Ross flag on it. And that's because Nike decided to pull the Betsy Ross flag shoes after Kaepernick Uh, criticized and said that had to do with slavery and I don't know it's like if it's not one thing it's like another but I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this Avery because it's like I kind of go back and forth where it's like okay I understand like certain things you know might like trigger people or they might think that it's racist or you know but it's like it's also history and I don't know what are your thoughts on this?
2: I feel like not everything is done maliciously, you know, Uh huh. and like every country has their dirty laundry and it's just, it's a part of our history and we can't like take it away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's there and I don't feel like they're doing it maliciously.
1: Yeah. I'm actually surprised that Kaepernick is still, although actually, so I read something kind of interesting, but Nike sales have grown since The first when it gained a bunch of attention with its ad campaign featuring Colin Kaepernick, um, which was kind of interesting because I know that there was a lot of people that were mad and, you know, and they were boycotting Nike. So it's it's interesting because then what was it like Dick's Sporting Goods when they said that they weren't going to sell ARs anymore? They lost a ton of business from that. And now there's a lot of dicks that are actually going out of business. So... I don't know, but I know that it kind of pissed off the firearms industry. And so a lot of companies out there that make t-shirts like Nine Line Apparel and who else is it that I saw? Like everybody's making t-shirts with the Betsy Ross flag on it.
2: <laughs> but I feel like it's also like one of those smart business moves. Like when things are trending, you got to kind of jump on it oh, because yeah. that's what everyone's attention's is on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I think I should do a shirt. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, last week it was the yeet cannon and now it's like, yeet what? No, (laughs) but it is crazy how, how, you know, quickly things kind of like lose momentum. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I just feel like, you know, it's a part of history. Removing it, I think is, I don't know. I mean, I think that they should think about stuff like this before they even create it instead of making, unless this is another marketing move since, you know, business increased so much after, after the first ad campaign. So maybe this is a marketing move. Like, I don't know, but it is. Yeah, it is. I can see
2: that, but I would not have expected for their sales to go up, but I guess some people, even though they may not have supported Nike before they supported, like what Nike was standing for. So then they were on team Nike.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know like that's all the shoes that I own to work out in. And I was almost embarrassed to wear Nike afterwards, but I was like, well, (laughs) screw it. I'm not going to like throw my shoes away or like burn them. Like that's stupid. Especially when there's like homeless people out there that don't even have shoes. Like if nothing else, I donate them. I'm not going to burn them, but I still kept my Nike shoes. I just, I don't think that I've actually purchased any since that whole ordeal. And I may not, I, I don't know. I kind of thought that I don't know. I don't really know my, my position entirely on that, but, but yeah, so that is what's trending right now. The Betsy Ross flag apparel or Betsy Ross flag, uh, get your apparel today. And, uh, before we get into our Q and a segment, let's talk about my friends over at sharps bros. So 4th of July just passed and I was, you know, just scrolling through Instagram and there's a lot of guns that have like really awesome Cerakote jobs with the American flag on it. But one of my favorites was the Jack lower. Um, I think it was Q and B coatings. They made a really cool American flag on the Jack lower. And if you haven't seen that, it's the lower that looks like the skull. And it was just, I don't know. I just thought it was like really well done And one of the things that I love about Sharps Bros lowers is just, you know, all the the flexibility that comes with it. If you want to do like a really awesome coat job, companies have gotten really, really creative with it. And I personally, like, I hate buying stock guns because it's like everyone and their mom has the exact same gun. So, typically, I'll, like, put my own gun together. And then what makes it even more unique is just, like, an awesome Cerakote job. So, I would definitely recommend, if nothing else, go to Sharps Bros' Instagram page and check out just all of the awesome Cerakote jobs. Like, people have gotten super creative. And best part is that lower is under 300 bucks. I think it's two, it's like, it's 290. Um, If you want to check it out, go to sharpsbros.com.
0: QA. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: So somebody wants to know shooting guns for a living, does it ever get old? What's your answer, Avery?
2: Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) your answer is a little more positive than mine. (laughs) So you still, I mean, like on your days off, are you like, Hey, let's go to the range. Let's shoot some guns.
2: In that aspect, you know, yes, it can, but I just like being able to like shooting guns. I was thinking more as like an instructor, Mm -hmm. um, not, like I can definitely go without shooting at times. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But when it comes to instructing, I just think more of the interacting with the people, uh-huh. that's what I
1: enjoy. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it's it's really rewarding too when you're teaching somebody how to shoot guns and they're, you know, everything kind of clicks and they're really accurate and it's like they're, you know, using it proficiently. And so like, that's extremely rewarding. And that I love, like I would never... You know, that I don't think would ever get old. But as far as like on my days off, if I want to go to the range, I still do it. I go to the range like pretty often, especially now that I created a YouTube channel and I have to produce so many videos a week. But, you know, I think... That whole thing where it's like, you know, do something you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. I do love being self-employed. I absolutely love what I do, you know, like training, the podcast. I work for a talent agency. So I love it. And I would hate to, I would definitely prefer this over working for somebody. But do I go on my days off? No, I'm typically having brunch with my friends, you know, or I host parties like dinner parties or I'm gardening. Um so I'm not always shooting but I still enjoy it and what I've found is things that I typically have gotten a little bored with like handguns and even rifles like now I'm getting into long distance shooting which is completely new territory for me so like I'll even like when I'm like sleeping I'll even dream of like long distance shooting like that's how much I'm obsessed with it right now so I think that if you do tend to get bored it's good to kind of kind of branch off into different avenues because that definitely sort of increases excitement.
2: Yeah, just um, spicing it up a bit. I know like going and shooting still, that is very exciting or just going and making it kind of like a competition between you and other people.
1: Mm -hmm. Or even getting different targets. It's kind of, it's very much like a relationship, you know, once you're with them (laughs) for so long, you're like, all right, things are getting a little boring, you know, how to spice it up. Actually, yesterday, it's so funny. I was at a party and there was this lady who was like 75 and we were talking about relationships and I told her, I'm like, yeah, but like eventually, you know, you're with the person for so many years because I've had my fair share of like long-term relationships. And I'm like, yeah, but like after like dating them for like Five plus years, like eventually you're just like, Oh, I don't even want to have sex with them. And (laughs) this lady, like, I know what you're thinking. Like, how could you have this conversation with a 75 year old? But she was hilarious. Like she was like twerking. She drank way too much Chardonnay and was like starting to get kind of drunk. And like, she was a riot. Like she was hilarious. And I hope that I'm like her when I get to be her age. But she told all of the girls that we were with, and they were all, like, my age. Like, she was the only one who was uh, older than us. But she was like, well, you know, my brother, who's, like, almost 80, him and his wife, they watch those sex movies, and they smoke a little weed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, you just got to spice things up. You got to keep things interesting. <laughs> and I was just dying because I'm like, Here are this, here's this, like, 75-year-old lady telling me to watch the sex movies. So, yeah, but I, I still, I still enjoy shooting. Um, it's just not something that I want to do on my day off because it's, you know, and plus I, I'm, I'm an adult now. I have like a million things to do. Like right when I'm done with this podcast, I got to go mow my lawn. I don't have a man in my life. That's going to mow my lawn. (laughs) We need to get Ava, a man in her life that's going to mow her lawn. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you want to wear a thong like a pool boy, that would be cool, but it's absolutely not necessary at this point. I just need somebody to mow my lawn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. Before I started my business, you know, since I do do um, firearms training full time, you know, going to the range was kind of like the last thing that I wanted to do. Uh, even like my husband, he's really into guns and he's like, Oh, you want to build this? And I'm like, no, I have guns at work that I need to fix.
1: Right. (laughs) I know. And even putting together like an AR, like I have a box right now that I'm looking at. So this weekend I have to put it together, but I wanted to make a, an AR 15 that's chambered in seven, six, two by 39, which it's been done before. Um, some people have said that they've had issues, but I think i bought the correct products where I shouldn't run into any issues but if I do I mean if nothing else it'll make for a good YouTube video but I'm also even just dreading like putting it together <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't know but I'll be happy like when it's done and then I'm actually sending it to a really cool company that's going to do like a don't tread on me theme uh Cerakote job so I'm super excited um, oh, nice. once this is done yeah so again there's things that you can do to kind of make things exciting so yeah but the biggest thing is definitely get out there and practice because I have noticed, like, if I do let some time go by, I definitely do get kind of rusty. It's absolutely not like riding a bike. So definitely practice, and it's extremely important because, hey, one day your life could depend on it. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about Polymer 80. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I just wanted to remind you guys, in case you haven't heard the great news, in the fall of 2019, Polymer 80 is going to be introducing the PF9SS, which is essentially compatible with all Glock 43 parts. So basically they're making a Glock 43 frame, which I'm super excited about. The Glock 42 is actually my go-to. It's my carry gun just because the 42 came out before the 43 and I could just shoot it really well. Bullseyes all day long, right-handed, left-handed. And I think, you know, that's the most important, but i um, really excited to see the the Glock 43 come out and the fall. I mean, look, we're in July now, so that's not too far away. If you guys want to check them out, go to polymer 80com Use the code gunfunny and that gets you 10% off.
0: Tactical talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it, hate it, find out now.
1: Avery, you wanted to talk about Olight products, and I saw yeah. it. I saw recently on your Instagram, you had a really pretty one. It was like a rainbow colored.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: I like that. I, I was like, ah, oh, I should get one. Products. <laughs> All right. So, what? Um, so, do you, I'm assuming that you use Olight's products for like their, you know, like their EDC lights and stuff. Yes. What do you like? I really about- like
2: them because they're kind of newer on the block. And a lot of people don't like to give the new people a chance, right? They want to go with the companies that they're really used to. Uh-huh. But they have some really good technology. I like how their flashlights are rechargeable and you can recharge them USB. So, that's something that you don't have to worry about as far as batteries. And I know pretty much everyone has USB capability. You can plug it into your computer. You can plug it into your telephone charger or even in your car, you know?
1: hmm. Definitely. And the but charge lasts EDC quite a while, and too. Portable. The, charge, I'm sorry, go ahead. the charge lasts quite a while, too. It's not like yes. you have to, you know, because I have a few of their products. Um, and some of their stuff is like freaking bright. Like, the other day, somebody walked into my office and they were messing around with one of the lights that I had. And I forget the model, but the lumens are insane. And they were messing around with my dog. And I was like, don't do that because you're going to blind my dog with the amount of lumens <laughs> that that light has. Because my dog's kind of like a cat. She like chases, you know, shadows and stuff. Like she loves <laughs> the lasers. <laughs> so which out of all of them, what would you say? Like what's your favorite or which ones do you use the most?
2: Um, the s 2 r Baton 2, that's really good for EDC. And I don't think a lot of people think about an EDC light. Um, They think about having an EDC firearm, but, you know, what's the chances that you're going to have to have that tactical advantage at night? And mm-hmm. I think it's very important.
1: Definitely. Um,
2: The Baton 2, it's rechargeable, so not having to worry about batteries. And it seems like whenever you need to use something, that's where you're like, oh my God, the batteries are out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you don't have time to get batteries and it just so happens you don't have any spare batteries at home.
1: <laughs> I know. I completely agree. You said that they're affordable. What are the costs typically like roughly for this?
2: They have all different price points. Like there's one that you can have as a keychain. And I want to say that one is 12 bucks. Some of our EDC ones are like 60, 70 bucks, but the quality is really good and having the capability as far as like being waterproof and the amount of lumens mm-hmm. is really good as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's actually, that is a good price. Cause it's definitely not going to like break the bank. And is this, these are products now that you're selling?
2: Yes, I am a dealer for old light and
1: you can get those products on my website. And what is that website?
2: It is skips tactical
1: Awesome. So guys, if you are in the market for a new light, definitely, you know, support small business and, uh, head on over there. All right. And now it's time for the iTunes reviews. Um, a lot of you guys have been writing in reviews, which I really appreciate. It definitely helps the podcast and I know iTunes can be a pain. So if you don't want to use that, you could always head over to our Facebook page and write a review there. So the first review is Poetry on Cracker, five stars, great show, content, content, content on a regular schedule is one of the keys to YouTube success. And I know that last week I didn't I didn't put out I haven't put out content in a little while this week I did. But in all honesty, and I didn't want to say anything. But in June, it was mid June was my mom's anniversary of her death. And it just kind of threw me for a loop. And I kind of was just in a funk and I didn't really leave my house for like a week. And I'm telling you guys this because, you know, I think we all have like our bad days. So you guys might see like, oh, you know, my social media looks like I have like the greatest life. And I definitely love my life, but everybody kind of has like their down moments. So when you're feeling down, you obviously don't want to create content. It's like the last thing you want to do. So that is why I haven't created anything in a little while. But this week I did finally kind of pick up those paces and, and I started pushing that out. Second review is from... Low Merc, 54, five stars, opening my eyes. Ava's had a big list of guests that has opened my eyes to our Second Amendment rights. Love the new product that she brings to us weekly. Very insightful. Love the banter mixed in with her comic relief. Gets five stars from me. I think I have found a podcast worth coming back to. Ah, thank you. All right, Avery. So I always pick one winner out of the two to win like a prize pack. So who would you pick? And I always let the guests pick.
2: I definitely
1: love the last one. Okay. So low merc 54 contact me and I will send you out a GunFunny patch. And we are going to wrap up. So if you guys want to find me, just go to gunfunny.com. My new YouTube channel is on there as well as the GunFunny YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe. I'm trying to build my channel. And then if you guys can't get enough, maybe consider becoming a Patreon. So $1 gets you access to our Patreon-only Facebook page. And We're always having so much fun in there. I typically post, I think I'm more myself in the Patreon Facebook page than I am on my actual page. Like it's really just kind of become sort of like a really, I don't know, kind of like a corrupt family. Like a, (laughs) Um, but it definitely has like that sort of familial sort of kind of like, I don't know, just interaction within the group. So lots of great people. And so I would definitely recommend joining the Facebook page. Um, There's also other levels. Um, For example, like our $25 level, I shout your name out on the show. And those $25 Patreons are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Charger Arms, Ryan Morrison, Kevin Brittingham, Michael Alexio, and Silencer Shop. And because of your guys' pledges, um, I'm able to afford a editor who is Kenny Ortega. He does an awesome job. I'm also going to TriggerCon at the end of the month, and your guys' pledges help to pay for that trip because these trips can definitely be expensive and... And our king of the Patreon is Jon Snow, and he wants me to say that Einstein's original theory of relativity was, if operator tickles bites you, your relatives will feel it. And Avery, have you seen that my dog has uh, Instagram? I have. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of funny. I think a lot of people think that, tip- that tickles is a boy, but she's actually a girl, but... Yeah, hashtag make tickles famous. <laughs> <laughs> and then one last thing, um, I do give away a tag pack once a month. I just gave one away last week. And in order to enter that giveaway, all you have to do is go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP as in tag pack, put your name and your email address. I'll draw a lucky winner once a month. Otherwise, if you want to get your tag pack today, just head on over to tagpack.com. Use the code GUNFUNNY and you'll get a free SOG tool with your first box. And Avery, thank you so much. I honestly can't thank you enough for joining me today. Where can guests find you so that they can follow you? And you also have your own podcast. Um, so I know most people listen to multiple podcasts um, and I'm sure that they would enjoy your podcast. So where are all of the places that they can find you?
2: You can find my podcast at Skip's Tactical Solutions in your podcast player, and I have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is youtube.com/skips-tactical-solutions, and I'm active on Facebook and Instagram. And my handles are just Skip's Tactical Solutions. And if you want to reach out via email, you can do that as well. And it's skips tactical solutions at gmail.com.
1: Awesome. All right. Cool. And thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely.
1: All right. We are out of here. I got to go mow my lawn.
0: (laughs) Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.